Hello and welcome to Just Jets episode number 204. What is going on? I am Matt O'Leary, going to be hanging out with you on another lovely edition of this program we call Just Jets. I am excited to get into, well, a couple of different things. First, we will start with some media bias against the New York Jets, and then we will get into uh, a good positive thing about Garrett Wilson and why he is on track to have a monster, monster season in 2024. And, of course, your voicemails. We got a few, not as many as usual in the uh, postseason. Not postseason. I wish the Jets were playing in the postseason. But it is offseason time, so uh, it'll not be as lengthy of an episode as we might be used to, which is okay. That's fine. But let's hop into it. What do I mean by the media bias and why do I think that's something worth talking about for the New York Jets? I have really uh, one main thing to discuss when talking about the media bias. It has to do with a story that came out regarding the other New York local. The New York Giants had a bombshell report come out yesterday on Monday Uh, Well, I guess by the time you're listening to this, a couple of days ago on Monday, and there was some initial reaction, right? Like there was this initial push, I guess, from those in the New York market and from Giant fans, but not nearly the same pushback or not nearly the same reaction that you would get if this was a New York Jets story. In fact... Just a couple weeks ago, there was the Jets were in the news because of their quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. And obviously things are, you know, very different. I'm not saying one is better or worse than the other, but it's just so interesting to see how both of these teams in New York are covered. And in case you were living under a rock or in case you missed it, here was the story with the New York Giants. And it's honestly, it's pretty damning. So You might have seen the fallout between Brian Dable and Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator, over the last couple of weeks. That was a big story. It started dating back to the regular season, though. And it seems like Brian Dable was a little bit unfair to uh, Wink Martindale. At least in my opinion, he was a little bit unfair. So apparently, according to this report from the Daily News and Pat Leonard, uh, Brian Dable was blaming Wink Martindale for the Jets game, specifically, by the way. So the game that they lost, the Jets won 13-10. to He blamed the defense. At the time, he was blaming the defense. Brian Dable's offense had negative nine passing yards, and he was also fairly criticized for his decision to elect to kick a long field goal rather than going for it at a point where they did, in fact, have the lead. But nevertheless... And apparently on top of that, so not only was Dable in the headset blaming Wink Martindale in the game and during that game in the New York Jets one, it's happened multiple times. And there were times where he was in the headset criticizing Wink Martindale and Martindale was unable to get plays in for the defense. And it was got to the point where Joe Shane, the general manager, had to go on the headset and listen in to to see what things were were really like. And you would have imagined, right, like that's a pretty big story. So the NFL pundits have to be criticizing the Giants, right? There, there's got to be this huge uproar 
you know, for for the Giants now after you get a couple of really again bombshell reports in the last couple weeks with how things went down with Brian Dable and Wink Martindale. And that really hasn't been the case. And look, the Jets deserve criticism. This is not me coming on the mic and saying that the Jets don't deserve criticism because they do. But I think especially here in New York, the Giants get a pass for a lot of the things that the Jets wouldn't get a pass on. And I just don't love how that that is. It's almost like, you know, everyone gets their rocks off by throwing in their joke or throwing in their two cents on the New York Jets. But when the New York Giants have this big story, it's all quiet on the Western front. And it's this team that, you know, is a historic franchise. And you know what? Winning four Super Bowls probably gives you a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. But over the last 10 years, it's not like the Giants have been this model franchise. They've you know, had two playoff appearances since their last Super Bowl. So they won the Super Bowl in 2011, made the playoffs in 16, made the playoffs in uh, 2022, and have one playoff win over that time. Obviously, the Jets haven't made the playoffs since 2010. And again, I want to reiterate here in case this is being misconstrued or we're not understanding, this is not me saying that the Jets need a pass and that they don't deserve to be criticized. They do. It just feels like People love to dunk on the Jets, but then don't give that same, I'm going to slam down the dunk on you to the other teams. And especially here in New York with the other local, with the Giants, they deserve to get dunked on in this spot, if you ask me. I I think that's absolutely reason for them to be criticized. And you know what else was an interesting one to me that I think we could get into? It was was a tweet that... Obviously, it's coming from. You got to keep in mind where these things are coming from. But uh, Chad Forbes on on Twitter uh, had a thought about Nick Sirianni and Mike McCarthy and Robert Sala, and he shares that Nick Sirianni has thirty six wins in the past three years, might be on the hot seat. Mike McCarthy has thirty seven wins in the past three years, firmly on the hot seat. Robert Sala, eighteen wins over the last three years, will return in twenty twenty four, and. Look, I think I'll be the first one to tell you that I think Robert Sala deserves criticism. Uh, I absolutely, you know, think that's the case. But that being used as the example, what about the Saints with Dennis Allen? He he's he's getting brought back. Or what about the Chicago Bears and them bringing back Matt Eberflus, and they have the number one overall pick and they have a, a quarterback discussion now with Justin Fields and you know are they going to take Caleb Williams or Drake May with the number one pick no 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 that 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 no that's not going to be the example used instead you got to use the New York Jets and sometimes I think it's you know a bias against who the quarterback is the a lot of people don't like Aaron Rodgers and that's been you know a big story for the last few weeks here is you know what some things that Aaron Rodgers has said and it's just I wish that the Jets would get the same level of coverage that these other teams do or actually no strike that more so I wish other teams would get the same the coverage that the Jets do because I do think that it's fair to criticize a team that's been bad over the last you know 13 years and has had some you know bad things happen to them But if what happened specifically with the New York Giants and theirs with Brian Dable, like if Robert Sala was yelling at 
his offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, in the headset and blaming him for losses, that would be the first story every single, you know, on the, on the, it would be front page news. It would be the lead story on all the ESPN shows. And it just feels like, you know, some teams get a pass for not being good and other teams other teams don't and the Jets don't get that pass I'm not saying that they necessarily deserve a pass but I would just like the coverage to remain consistent and I don't think that's really asking too much honestly I really don't the second thing that I wanted to get into today uh, is this an interesting quote from Seth Walder who is of ESPN actually uh, and this is more on the analytics side of things. He does, you know, da- data and analytics for ESPN. Uh, shared his thoughts on on Garrett Wilson, uh, and he ranked him as 45th in the NFL in the top 100 impact players. And it's a little bit of a longer quote. I'll read it to you, but I, I think it's worthwhile uh, to share the full for the full quote to get the full context. And he said, after sharing my initial list with a few trusted sources and colleagues to get feedback, multiple NFL team staffers immediately noted I was severely underrating Wilson and that he had been one of the best wide receivers in the league this season. It's just that his play was shrouded by the misery of by the misery that was the Jets offense. When I looked closer, we had quantitative evidence to back up what they were seeing too. Wilson ranked sixth in open score, the open score of 83, the most important of the three receiving uh, tracking metrics. If a receiver does his job and gets open, that's value, even if Zach Wilson or Tim Boyle doesn't throw him the football. And that goes back to something that I talked about at the end of last year going into this year and something that I'm going to talk about a ton this offseason going into 2024, but... It's that Garrett Wilson with legitimate quarterback play is going to be a superstar. For the second season in a row, he has put up over 1,000 yards with Tim Boyle, Zach Wilson, and Trevor Simeon starting games. This is a guy who had 1,100 yards as a rookie in his first season with Zach Wilson, Chris Strebler, Joe Flacco, and Mike White throwing him the ball. He's had seven different quarterbacks throw passes his way, and he still is a perennial 1,000-yard guy. With an Aaron Rodgers, with just insert whoever in your mind is league average quarterback play into the lineup, Garrett Wilson's going to be a 1,500-yard receiver, double-digit touchdown guy. It's absolutely insane to me that Garrett Wilson only has what seven touchdowns in his career he had four last year he has three this year that's that's a joke that should not be the case this should be someone who is getting in the end zone a significant amount of time over the season like I said double digits and I think with Aaron Rodgers you saw that they had a connection early on in the one preseason game he played. The Jets go right down the field, and guess what? Aaron Rodgers hits Garrett Wilson for a touchdown, beautiful throw on a fade against the Giants, and then they go off. And when, in week one, Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, what does he say to Garrett Wilson? He's like, sorry, kid. Because he knew. He knew what was coming down the line. He knew that it was going to be Zach Wilson again and that, you know, there was such high expectations for this team. You know, Rodgers is coming in here and there's this, 
you know, mindset of they, they have to win football games now. And they never got to see that through to fruition in 2023 because Aaron Rodgers season ended four plays into it. And instead, Garrett Wilson had to deal with Zach, Tim Boyle, or Trevor Simeon throwing him a pass this season. So what could Garrett Wilson be with a legit quarterback? I think he could be a top five receiver in football. I absolutely do. I don't think that's hyperbolic. I've said this before. I think that I'm pretty level-headed when it comes to the Jets. Uh, I don't like to just come on and be a rah-rah guy because I'm a Jet fan and that, you know, I think no matter what, everything's going to be sunshine and rainbows and things are going to work out in the Jets' favor. Don't think I do that. But in this specific instance with Garrett Wilson, I don't know how you could watch him play every week and watch what he's done with the worst quarterback room in the NFL and not think that he's going to be an absolute superstar when they get legitimate talent in here. I can't wait for that. I think it's going to be an absolute pleasure to watch Garrett Wilson with hopefully a healthy Aaron Rodgers for 17 games. How about that? Can both those guys stay healthy for a full season? I think we've earned that. Uh, I, I think we've absolutely earned that as Jet fans with the amount of injuries that the Jets have suffered over the last however many years you want to you want to call it it was oh goodness gracious gracious all right let's close out with your voicemails we will start with max calling in from new jersey he wants to talk about the nfl draft and brendan rice hi this is uh, max from home new jersey here's my thoughts on what we should do in the offseason so free agency i think the jets should get devonta adams great water prospect but let's specifically talk about the draft. So, first round, offensive lineman, and everyone's like, receiver. You can still get a good, this wide receiver class is so deep. We can still get a good receiver in the third round. A receiver prospect I really like as is a day three, day four pick. A lot of fans don't talk about him. Brendan Rice, receiver out of USA. And I was watching highs, and everyone's like, oh my God, Caleb Williams carried Brendan Rice. I'm like, Brendan Rice is good. I mean, he was never got a lot of playing time in Colorado. And the reason why I want Brendan Rice, it's not because oh, it's not because it's not because his father's Jerry Rice, because he has good hands, good round runner. And I'm like, and I get it. Like, oh, if we get Devontae, maybe he shouldn't get a receiver. He could be a good wide receiver, two, three of this offense. What's your thoughts on Brendan Rice and go Jets? Yeah, I mean, I hope like 50% of Jerry Rice's talent has rubbed off on him, but something we've seen a lot in the playoffs this year is teams get a lot out of day two and day three wide receivers, and unfortunately, Joe Douglas hasn't really been able to do that. Uh, you, you thought, you, hey, Denzel Mims in the second round in 2020, hand up, I like the pick, I liked the player, I thought he was someone who was going to go in the late first round. He ends up falling to the Jets. They move back and get him at what? Pick. They originally had pick 48, and then I think they moved back like six spots. It was like 54-ish, roughly. And they take him. I was pumped. Didn't work out. Elijah Moore used the second-round pick on him. Had some flashes as a rookie. Second year, asked for a trade during a winning streak. Gets traded away. Was okay in Cleveland this year. But more of the story, he's not on your football team and not helping you, you know, in year three after being drafted. So there's just been too many misses. And it, and it goes back even before Joe Douglas. I mean, Mike McCagnan was the king of it. Or Darius Stewart and Chad Hansen in the third or fourth round, nothing out of it. Stephen Hill in the second round, 
Zippo in 2012. Devin Smith in the second round, nothing. They got to start hitting on some of these mid-round guys. And Brandon Rice is an interesting one. They would have to trade for Devontae Adams, so I'm not opposed to doing that. I think that's something that would be in play for this year. It depends on what pick you have you have to give up in order to do that, right? Uh, I don't think it's costing you a first-round pick this year. It may cost you your third, so I don't know if you're taking Brendan Rice in that spot. I think you know maybe it's someone a little bit later. You have a fourth-round pick. Could he make it to the fourth round? Who knows? Maybe a guy like Roman Wilson from Michigan. That's a name that's probably going to be there in the third or fourth round. Maybe it's a guy like that, but they would probably be coming in to be a third or fourth receiver. You know, Garrett Wilson and Devontae Adams would be your one and two. Alan Lazard is going to be here and you hope bounces back as a three or four option. And then you have Xavier Gibson, Jason Brownlee, but you need one more guy. And that one more guy, I think you should look to find at some point during the 2024 NFL draft. Uh, And depending on the route you go, probably not in the first round. I think if you had to put a likelihood on what the Jets do in the first round, it'll probably be offensive line. Although the next call, we're going to get into a different option that the Jets could do. But I am very curious to see how Joe Douglas goes about trying to fix this unit because the the wide receiver room is a problem. Yes, the offensive line is not good. And you know, it seems like anytime I talk about another position on offense other than the offensive line, it's, well, they got to fix the offensive line. I'm like, I, I agree. 100%. I agree with you. They need at minimum two new starters, probably three. I say three because I'm not. I don't want to bring Lake and Tomlinson back. But you need multiple new offensive line starters. Yes, that is absolutely a priority. But you also need to add a wide receiver too, and more wide receiver depth beyond that. Let's go to Kane Smith, calling from Upstate New York, who wants to talk about a different route the Jets could go in the first round. Hey Matt, this is Kane Smith calling from Upstate New York. What's up, man? Hope you're doing well in this new year. But um, funny calling you. Some of my current thoughts on the draft situation. It's definitely a tough one for the Jets because we have so many great options of what we can do. I mean, we'd love to be higher because, like, then you'd really be in the range for one of the top tackles, but it is what it is, and we're not. So I just wanted to kind of give my thoughts really hard. It's, there's the main three positions I want are either tackle, yep. wide receiver, and then Brock Bowers. And I think I honestly speak for most Jets fans in at least staying off in the tackle and wide receiver. Bowers is a little bit more split on, but to be honest, I might be talking myself in to Brock Bowers in a way. I was listening to um, Talking Jets with you and Ryan and Greenbean, and I think you brought it up about, like, Brock Bowers just isn't a tight end. He is a do-it-all player. He's almost like a hybrid receiver tackle, if you could have that, like, He's a tight end that runs and moves and catches like a receiver, yet has the nastiness to block edge defenders. It's like, he's a maniac. And it's like, who wouldn't want that on their team? It's like, sure, do we need a number one wide receiver? Absolutely. But it's like, I feel like Brock Bowers, well, okay, let me say that. We don't need number one receiver. We got Garrett. We need a number two guy to go with him to draw the attention off of Garrett. But if, like, I feel like Brock Bowers could be that guy. If he just flex him out wide, he could be just like the guy that goes down and makes the plays and takes some of the pressure off Garrett Wilson because he's like Bowers is so hard to cover. I might be talking myself into that, but looking at how Joe Douglas sees this, I don't see him looking at that with like 
that his eyes are set, are set on that. Like, I feel like they're happy with Conklin and Ruckin as a tight end room, which is fine. Like, it's a good tight end room, but Brock Bowers is just more than tight end. And if I had to guess, I'd say Alt and Fashanu are gone by that pick. And for me, I specifically want Alt. I do not, I'm not big on Ole Fushano. He is okay. a great pass blocker, but he needs a lot more NFL play strength. And for the Jets, a team that likes to start off by running the ball, set up play action in the pass game, I don't feel like he would work well in our scheme. So right now, for me, it's really the debate between Talese Fulaga at number 10, such a great mauler in the run game, Brock Bowers, and then depending on how our offseason goes and if we can get some O-lineman free agency, Romo Dunze would definitely be on my more on my board. Height, weight, speed freak. He's just so good. One of my other draft crushes. So just wanted to kind of call in and give my thoughts and really just hopefully we can get someone on the draft and in free to see if that can help this team get to the promised land. All right, man. Matt, thanks for taking my call. Talk to you later. Absolutely. Thank you so much for checking in with us. And I think you bring up an interesting point about about Brock Bowers. And we'll get into the other stuff too, but you talked a lot about Brock, and I think for good reason. And on the show, Ryan was really the one who brought him up and talked about him and, in a way, you know, wants the Jets to take him. Now, I will admit, I'm not going to be the guy who is banging the drum and saying they absolutely have to take Brock Bowers. I, to be honest with you, my preference is probably offensive tackle. Uh, even if Alter Fushanu aren't there, I, I like Talisi Fuaga a lot. J.C. Latham scares me slightly. Um, but I, I really do like Fuaga. I think he's more than a capable player to be taken 10th overall. But if Brock Bowers was the selection by the Jets, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to be ranting and raving on the live stream. Like every, every year myself, Ryan and Greenbean, we go live for all three days of the NFL draft. We've been doing it since 2020. This is going to be year five this upcoming year, which is nuts for that. Oh my God. But Seriously, like I'm not gonna go up and be like, oh man, darn it, they got Brock Bowers. And be like, okay, they got this weapon who could be used as a tight end, as an inline blocker, lining up as a big slot, has made plays on the outside over corners. Granted, he did it in college and has to show that he could do it at the next level, but he did it in the SEC, which is the best conference in college football. So again, I'm not I'm not gonna tell you that Brock Bowers is like my guy and the Jets have to come away with Brock Bowers and if they don't it's it's going to be this massive mistake. That's not where I'm going to be throughout this process, but if Joe Douglas goes I'm going to take this just oh, a weapon and draft Brock Bowers, then I'll say okay. It's going to be a really fun piece for this offense and they had one of the worst offenses if not the worst offense in football. I'm going to get mad at that? No, of course not. Of course I'm not going to get mad at that. Uh and you bring up a, a, an interesting point too talking about Tyler Conklin and Jeremy Rucker. I think with Aaron Rodgers, assuming, let's say for a second, they don't take Brock Bowers and that they're going to go into next year with Conklin and Rucker as their number one and number two tight end. I think Conklin would have a big year with Aaron Rodgers and big, not like thousand yards big, but you know, he, he put up pretty legit production. He didn't get in the end zone, but can he not be, I don't know, a 700 yard receiving guy in like five touchdowns with Aaron Rodgers next year? I think so. And that's not to say that Tyler Conklin is going to have a better NFL career than Brock Bowers. I don't necessarily know if I'm going to buy that, but the Jets, I think, theoretically could get by with those two as the one and two. And uh, I, I do like some of the other names you mentioned uh, on the offensive line. Joe Walt is the dream. He's not going to make it. Uh, Oli Fashanu may, may fall. And then you get into the names at the wide receiver spot like Roma Dunze, who might end up going 
before the Jets are on the clock, but I, we're going to have a better idea what their draft plan is, I think, in March when free agency begins. I know that's a long way away, and you know it's it's frustrating, and it's a little annoying that we got to wait that long again after this past offseason, going into the 2023 season. Everyone was all amped up after the offseason, but it, it's going to be a little bit of a waiting game because – you know, right now we have no idea. What if they go out and pay big money to bring in uh, an offensive tackle? Then they're probably not going to spend their first round pick on that position. That opens things up a little bit more. So uh, while I agree as of right this second, I would say the Jets are most likely to go offensive tackle in round one. It's a wait and see game. Let's close out with Constantine who uh, is, a, is a little bit nervous about going into the 2024 season. Okay, Constantine, let's hear it. Hey, Matt, Constantine from PA. What's up, man? First and foremost, I want to back you up on something. 110% the Jets need to do whatever they need to do, move heaven and earth, to keep Bryce Huff. You don't get yep. that kind of uh, edge rusher that has that many sacks falling out of trees. So they definitely need to sign him and sign him long term. At the minimum, franchise them, so that way you don't lose them. But here's what I got to say, man. You got to help me out. You really got to help me out with this. How is it, okay, that Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers just absolutely went into Dallas and just beat the living shit out of the Cowboys? I mean, the score does not tell the story. Not even close. Now, here's what I'm nervous about. Wasn't Aaron Rodgers the quarterback at Green Bay at some point? And now you got Jordan Love in the playoffs with the youngest team in the NFL. We got Aaron Rodgers at 40 coming off a Achilles tear. And I'm really nervous. I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I'm really nervous. I think we should definitely look into drafting a quarterback as well as getting help with our offensive line. I think that's crucial. Because if what I've just seen proves anything to me, Green Bay was comfortable letting Aaron Rodgers go. So to all the Jet fans out there, all my brothers, I'm telling you right now, I'm nervous after what I saw Green Bay do to Dallas. Not because they did it to Dallas, but because they have the youngest football team in the playoffs. And who knows where they're going to end up because I could see this team going to the Super Bowl. Ah, I don't know if they're beating the 49ers. So I hope I'm wrong about my gut feeling, but my gut feeling tells me that the Jets better seriously, seriously make a move at quarterback and get somebody solid just in case this Aaron Rodgers situation doesn't work out. Because as much as we want to admit it, you can't talk about winning a championship. You got to go out and prove it. You got to go out and do the work. And the Jets are bad at putting themselves in a position that they just don't back up during the season. So if we're going to move forward, we definitely need to address this. And let's see what happens in the draft. Go Jets. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what the Jets do. And thank you for the call, Constantine. I understand your concern. Let me see if I could walk you back from that concern a little bit. 
That was they were comfortable moving on from Aaron Rodgers when they drafted Jordan Love back in 2020, and then he has back-to-back MVP seasons, and then going into 2022, it was like, all right, well, I guess we got to keep him around after you go back-to-back seasons, and then they they were still in that all-in window. They missed the playoffs, and then they viewed, okay, this could be our little bit of a retool, and they move on from Aaron Rodgers, but they had that plan in place. Now, when you say they have to add a quarterback, do you? I'm genuinely asking. This isn't like just me genuinely asking. Do they have to do that in round one? Because I don't think they could afford to do that personally because of their needs across the rest of the roster. I do think that they need to continue to add more weapons on the offense because you had the worst offense in the NFL. I don't think anyone's debating that the Jets weren't the worst offense in the league last year. And adding Aaron Rodgers back to the mix is really nice, but they still need, as I mentioned before, two or three starters on the offensive line, another wide receiver or two, and depth beyond that. So I'm okay with drafting a quarterback. I'm going to say in round three and beyond as a developmental guy, I don't necessarily think that I'm team draft a quarterback in the first round. Uh, I I think more than likely it's going to be offensive line, but if not... It has to be something that's impacting the 2024 New York Jets on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, and if they go all in this year with Rodgers, let's say, let's dish out worst case scenario. They push their chips to the table with Aaron Rodgers. They you know they trade whatever mid-round pick for Devontae Adams. They use first-round pick on offensive linemen. They sign another offensive lineman or two in free agency. They're going all in. Rodgers doesn't play well. The Jets are, I don't know, eight and nine and miss the playoffs. Well, at that point you fire Joe Douglas and Robert Sala and the next guys come in here, the GM and the coach that are hired come in and can find their quarterback. And you could do that in the NFL draft. They should have assets to move up in the first round. If they wish they could stay there and take a quarterback. We've seen guys go in the first round and not in the top three, come in and have success. You know, Patrick Mahomes went, what, 10th overall? Uh, Justin Herbert wasn't the first quarterback selected. Um, You know, you've had these guys come in and, you know, you can find franchise quarterbacks not at pick one, two, excuse me, two or three. So just got to find a way. And I hope that's not the case, but hopefully it works with Aaron Rodgers. They go on a two-year run here and get a Super Bowl out of it. I think that would be the dream. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. A little bit of a shorter one this week. Uh, Got some things in the works, so please make sure to stay tuned there. Uh, For the interim, make sure to you know subscribe to the pod. Always appreciate that. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure if you're not following along, I know uh, Caden brought it up during his call. Make sure to subscribe to Talking Jets. That will be growing very, very soon. Excited about Talking Jets. More content coming on over there. And have another project in the works that I'm really excited about. So thank you guys for all your support. Could not do it without you guys. means the world to me that I get to do this every day. Once again, I'm Matt O'Leary. I'll catch you next time.